what a day for the Pittsburgh Steelers and free agency Thursday was. Miles Jack cut, Landon Roberts signed, and the entire linebacker room was blown up for the Pittsburgh Steelers from the past season. We'll talk about that with Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WXI. I'm your host, Chris Carter, the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan brings you this episode of Locked On Steelers with the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. As I said before, we're joined by Jenna Hunter of Channel 11 WPXI. Jenna, we knew that there would be changes to the Steelers team. We didn't know what changes they would be. And we, we, but I think one thing that you and I talked about going into this offseason was that Devin Bush was going to be gone. We thought maybe Roberts Pelaine would be back. We thought maybe they'd work out a contract, you know, change up with Miles Jack. None of them are back. It's now been completely blown up. The Steelers cut Miles Jack Thursday morning along with signing Landon Roberts. So now your current Steelers linebacker room, as I believe it is, is Cole Holcomb, the, the free agent that was announced to be, you know, they're agree- that they were agreeing to uh, from the Washington Commanders. And then also now Landon Roberts, who comes in from the Dolphins. And you still have Mark Robinson. But that's it right now. And this is a complete blowing up of a linebacker room that wasn't terrible, but didn't contribute a single turnover in uh, uh, last year. Jenna, what were your thoughts seeing how this played out in Omar Khan's plan of attack here? Well, I think it's just been super intriguing in general to see the way that Omar Khan has attacked free agency up to this point. And obviously we'll talk about that as this episode goes along, but it's been so fascinating to me to see that this isn't a Steelers front office right now. That's kind of sitting put, they're making changes, they're making decisions, they're going out and doing things. And in reality, I feel like you are going to be spending less money on your linebackers room right now. And in theory, you get some big upgrades in Cole Holcomb um, and Landon Roberts and just both what they bring to the table. I think a lot of people, too, are really concerned about, like, the stylistic, the way that these guys play. And, yeah, there is definitely a little bit more of that, like, thumper, that run-thumper style. But the Steelers want to make it a big point of emphasis to stop the run. And I think Alandon Roberts is a little bit fits a little bit more in that scheme. Cole Holcomb to me has a lot of speed as well. He's a guy that's going to be able to do a lot in terms of sideline to sideline. So it's just been very intriguing and kind of fun to see how this is all shaked out up to this point. But yeah, I feel like the Steelers linebacker room got better in these last couple of days here. And, you know, unfortunate to see Miles Jack go just when, you know, in the locker room presence that he is and what he brought to the guys. But again, this seems like some pretty solid upgrades here. Nothing dramatic, you know, not going from the worst guy in the league to the best guy in the league, but definitely a solid upgrade where you feel more confident about an area of your team that there definitely were some weaknesses in, including um, when we talk about Devin Bush. I think when we look from top to bottom, one of the things that was talked about with the Steelers last year is that they had their superstars and they had their good players, but there was a lot of de- holes in the depth chart as far as depth yeah. players that you could rely on to fill in in different spots. And you were kind of slim in how many players you could kind of count on in this situation. And you look at Miles Jack. Miles Jack was, was his contract was set up to pay him 
decently in the first year, but give him a big boost in the second year. The Steelers do a lot of those types of contracts. Miles Jack did lead the team in tackles, but he wasn't the game changer at linebacker that I think they were hoping to, if he, if he had been, he'd still be on the Steelers roster right now. They'd be working out a, probably an extension deal to try to keep him along for longer years. They obviously didn't see that enough. And what I think they've gone and done is basically get two linebackers that could work. If, if they, if they work out in Pittsburgh, they could kind of do what Miles Jack provided in stuffing the run, just being responsible gap, you know, gap responsible linebackers who can come up, hit, play those thumper roles in their in the run game, and then not be complete liabilities in the pass game. You know, they won't be great pass defenders, but they'll be able to at least be serviceable veterans that hold down the spot. But Jenna, to me, this also signifies that if um, unless there's another move made at linebacker, the linebacker is going to be very much in play for the Steelers on day two of the NFL draft. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where we had talked about them probably looking to target a linebacker was in those later rounds. You're not going after, you know, the first, you're not using your first round pick um, or even the 32nd pick um, on a linebacker just because the need isn't there, especially right now, too, with the way that you have the room filled in. And it's intriguing to me about Alandon Roberts as well because he was with the Patriots before and the fit that he has had with new England and the way that they had him play and the style of linebacker they usually have for the Patriots. It seems like it just is going to fit so seamlessly into the style that the Steelers play, especially the whole, you know, AFC North smash mouth football. I think he's going to fit really well there. He's one of those late round gems. I think a lot of people look to, and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to come in day one and it's going to be magic by any means because, you know, there's time and he, you know, will have to adjust to the system and everything along those lines. But he's that traditional downhill linebacker who can play AFC North football. Indeed. And, and we've talked about, too, the Steelers need to be able to stuff the run. Nick Chubb's yeah. going to still be there. We don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, but the Ravens have been a running team. You need to stop Joe Mixon. We'll see what happens with him with the Bengals. But still, stuffing the run has been the key to the, to the Steelers' defense first and foremost, so that the pass rush can then count on being having having third down as a as a pure passing down where they can pin their yep. ears back, get after the quarterback, and the secondary can focus on, hey, if the pass rush is getting there, we can be a little bit more aggressive. That has been the Steelers' game for, for, for a while. The run defense, of course, two years ago was the worst in the league, was a huge hole that, that kind of like kind of let them in some tough spots. This year, it got better, and it allowed the pass rush to kind of still get, the, to get there a little bit. The team, the team led the NFL in interceptions. If TJ Watt's there, Maybe they lead the NFL in sacks. Who knows? But bottom line is this is a move. I think that's a message that's like, hey, you know, the Steelers, you look at Patrick Peterson. He's a turnover guy. You know, he's you know, he was he, he's brought in. He's very good at he still has the ball skills. He may not be, you know, the most he may not be the fastest guy anymore, but he's still a guy that can attack the football. They kept Minka Fitzpatrick. They kept Demonte KZ. They're trying and, and they they got rid of the linebackers who weren't contributing in turnovers. They're bringing in new guys who either they, they do the same or they'll get some turnovers. I think that you're seeing an emphasis on they want a defense that that is able to create turnovers more consistently. So because that seems to be the pace of what's going to succeed more in the NFL. Absolutely. And again, against the, we talk about this all the time, but your conference in itself, not even the division, your division has three really, really, really incredibly talented quarterbacks in Deshaun Watson, in Lamar Jackson, pending what happens there as of this current moment that we are taping this podcast. I feel like I have to give that quantifier. Yeah. And in Joe Burrow. But then once you get out of the AFC North, you will likely face the you know you're going to face 
Josh Allen, you're going to face Patrick Mahomes, and um, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is now going to be in the AFC. Jeez. So you, it's crazy when you say that and just think about all the quarterbacks and the talent in this conference, but you do need to force those turnovers. How did the Steelers win game one against the Bengals last year? Joe Burrow turns the ball over five times, and obviously, you know, if your long snapper isn't injured, things end differently, maybe, but that is going to be so key, and I think that's what Omar Khan and company are doing this offseason, are putting those pieces together to say, okay, Okay, we have one of the highest paid defenses in the league, but we also want to be so talented in terms of creating turnovers and forcing other teams into mistakes. They led the league in interceptions last year, and I think they want that to continue. Absolutely. I do think that's something I want to continue. But I also want to talk to you, Jenna, about Patrick Peterson and Nate Herbig signing their deals and finally talking about them joining the Steelers. What sense we're getting out of what those signings mean to them and what else Omar Khan could be planning in the in the in the free in free agency and what free agency might be setting up in the NFL draft. All that and more right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast in just a minute. Don't go away. But first, we got to talk to you guys about one of our great sponsors, Built Bar. Built Bar, of course, is the ultimate protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, but somehow they're still oh so good for you. And they come in so many different flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, double chocolate brownie, and all the different flavors you could imagine. And all these flavors, and they only pack 130 calories. They only pack four grams of sugar, but somehow they fit 17 grams of protein into every Built Bar. That's why, again, they're the best protein bar out there. And you don't have to wait around and order them from Built.com to get them delivered to your house anymore. All you have to do is go to Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can get some Built Bars and bring them home yourself. If you go right into your local Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, you can get four bar boxes of Built Bars with cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or you can go to Sam's Club and get 13 bar boxes. 13 bar boxes of Built Bars with hit flavors like brownie batter, churro, and much, much more. Trust me, when you try Built Bars, you'll thank me later because Built Bars are the number one protein bars in the world. Go try them today and get all the different flavors. Trust me, you won't regret it. Check out Built Bar today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. Now, Jenna, uh, full disclosure, I'm in an Airbnb in Greensboro, North Carolina. March Madness is March Madness. We're literally recording this as March Madness games go on. Virginia's been upset by Furman. I hate them because I picked Virginia to beat Alabama. I hate myself for being that stupid, but it happens. Um, Noah Hiles is grabbing the remote from my table as we we speak. But um, point being, we are doing this midday Friday, Thursday. So you're pro- there, there is very well that there could be something that happens that changes up this episode. So if some of these tonals, if, there, if there's some of these things that we say that may seem like, like, wow, that seems outdated. This is why free agency happens. We've been adjusting to it all week. I hope our listeners do understand. But Jenna, one thing that, that, that won't be old anytime soon is Patrick Peterson and Nate Herbert signing their deals. They're official and they spoke to Pittsburgh media what was the sense you got from what Patrick Peterson had to say, and especially about Mike Tomlin? Because he's a guy that every year for years, Jenna, every time free agency hit or trade season hit, Steelers fans would be, oh, you got to get Patrick Peterson. And he never would come to Pittsburgh. But now he's here at 32. He'll be 33 years old when the season starts. What was the impression you got from Peterson? You're muted, Jenna, by the way. I am muted. There we go. Sorry about that. Just I'm getting too hype over here. That's what's happening. I'm getting too hype about <laughs> okay. March Madness and about free agency. It's all happening at once. Um, full disclosure, I uh, listened to the press conferences. I was not physically there in person. But from what you gathered about Patrick Peterson, 
he's been talking with the Steelers for a little bit. He said that actually he had discussions with them last year. Things didn't pan out, but he had said, you know, in the latter half of his career, he wants to be part of a storied franchise. And the same thing, too, with Nate. The two of them, just the way that they're talking, they're so excited to be part of the Steelers. And that's something you and I kind of get a lot of the sense. And granted, a lot of these guys, too, no matter when they're going to a new team, of course, they're going to say they're excited, especially when rookies come in, too. Of course, they're just thrilled to be drafted. But I've really gotten the sense that players want to come to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is something that's very intriguing to them. Mike Tomlin, of course, and just the storied history of this franchise. That's something that entices a lot of players. And that's what we really saw from Patrick Peterson. He, you know, talked about, too, the fact that, yes, he's going to be 33, like you mentioned, but he still feels like he has a lot left in the tank. When we were listening to his um, emergency press conference on his podcast with Brian McFadden the day that the news broke that he was going to be coming to the Steelers, he said, you know, I train really differently. I, you know, I, I'm in the lab constantly. My body is really important and I train really hard and I train differently to make sure that I can be out there and still be as agile, still be as tough as he is at his age. Um <laughs> He also did say that, yes, number seven is off limits. He understands that. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard that in the podcast that um, the day that he actually signed, but he was talking with Brian McFadden and they were talking about what numbers he possibly want to wear. And he was going, I was like, ah, maybe number seven. And I was like, I don't see any reason why that would be an issue. There's definitely no reason there in any way, shape or form. Um, there would be anything wrong with that. But something too, I, I keep going on different tangents here, but something with Patrick Peterson, um, he had said, and a lot of people over in the, um, that knew him and covered him at the Vikings said that he mentors the younger guys, the younger DBs a lot. And he said, you know, he would invite them over to, for dinners and film study. He mm. said, I'm the oldest of five kids today. When he was asked about that, it's kind of in his nature. I have so much I can pass on to the gener- next generation. Why would I want to hold on to that? And that's really intriguing because as there's been so much talk, it seems like, you know, the conversation continues that if Joey Porter Jr. is going to be there at number 17, the Steelers might pick him. And then you have a guy like Patrick Peterson working with a young rookie in Joey Porter Jr. So I know there's a ton of storylines there. But for both of these guys, they really just seem like they want to be here in Pittsburgh. And for Nate Herbing, he's, you know, so excited. He's happy to be here. He's like old school smash mouth football. As you can see, I'm built for it. If anybody's seen photos of him, he's a big dude. He is a, he's a huge dude. Like when people call him her big, no, no, no. His name is her big, but he's, he big. That's what, that, that's what he people have been, been saying about him. And it's, it's seen there, but I want to get back to your point about Patrick Peterson too, because one thing that you and I talked about, about the priority of signing Cameron Sutton, wasn't just his play on the field, but his leadership quality in and out of the locker room, what he was going to be able to do for these guys. Now you get Patrick Peterson who is a leader. There's no, you know, he's been a leader for, for so many years in the NFL. I do think this signifies that the Steelers are very much interested in, in, in a young cornerback. And it may not be Joey Porter Jr. Devin Witherspoon's been rumored to be falling down the draft charts. It may not even be a first round corner, maybe Emmanuel Forbes. It may be Kyle Blue Kelly somewhere in the second or third rounds, you know, as far as other guys, Ju- Julius Brents, a guy who I really liked both at the combine and at the senior bowl. But either way, I do think they're setting themselves up for having uh, a true leader in Peterson, a vet in Levi Wallace, maybe a vet in Keller Witherspoon. If they keep him around, he hasn't been let go yet. We'll see if that if that continues. Um, and then you have a young corner or even two because this is a very deep cornerback class who can learn under these guys and eventually become the future of the Steelers cornerback room. Because when we look at cornerbacks and we look at how uh, we, we look at how Patrick Peter, he's only going to be around for a year, maybe two. 
And eventually you're going to need a new guy that's going to step up and take that mantle. And I guess one of the biggest things you could have there is a leader who teaches and mentors a guy to become a, a young leader. And if they can hit on a star cornerback early again, which is one of the positions I think they're going to be looking at heavy. I think that that's a big case there. So I'm right with you, Jenna. I think that this could be a sort of, they, they're trying, they, they, they haven't had this, the, the opportunity to pass the torch on from a great corner to a great corner and Cameron Sutton, a great person. I will say that. And people saw yeah. that in his Lions press conference after, you know, with his first chance to talk to Detroit media out there, but no one would ever say that he was a great corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This gives the chance for a guy who Patrick Peterson may someday be in the pro football hall of fame. And he gets the chance to kind of mentor guys on how to build their careers to get that kind of trajectory. Absolutely. And again, that's something that's so crucial. That's something that you want. And I know there's, so, you know, it might be a little bit excessive where it's like, oh, you want that vet to mentor a guy, but a guy like Patrick Peterson, who has the relationship he has with Mike Tomlin, again, another reason why he said he was so excited to be here. That's going to kind of be, you know, the coach's message gets passed into the locker room, not only from him, but through guys those veteran type players like that. And I think that's going to be something so crucial. I do want to give a little bit of a point um, about Nate Herbig, just because I feel like we've definitely talked a little bit more about Patrick Peterson, but I know a lot of, a lot of fans are going to love this quote from him today. The quarterback can't get hit if you're run blocking. (laughs) That's that sounds like a very Steeler thing to say, a very old school Steeler thing to say. That's something that I'm I'm pretty sure there's a, there's, that's that saying is going to be used now in bars all across Pitts, Pittsburgh from Yinzers to anyone in the area. But that's who Nate Herbig is, and that's where he comes in the picture. He's a strong run blocker. Now, if you look at his tape, he does have problems being consistent in pass protection, um, and that'll be something that makes it work. I don't think that he's a given to just take Kevin Dotson's spot. They're going to have a, a legit competition at left guard. But I think that he gives you the presence where, like, this team, we've talked about it. They, they have Najee Harris. They have Jalen Warren. They love both of those guys. The offensive line made steps forward. Now they want the offensive line to be more aggressive and be, and be able to change the line of scrimmage more and make it so that the run game can be more dominant. And if Nate Herbert contributes to that, maybe he is the guy that fits in with the Steelers. And it does sound like from the way that he spoke on, on Thursday that he does understand the identity that he's going for. And, hey, maybe that's the magic of getting an Andy Weidel in your front office. Mm-hmm. And he did compliment Andy Weidel saying he's the goat. Um, my <laughs> also favorite thing that he said is that he said he'd play punter if the Steelers asked him to. He just is incredibly happy to be here in Pittsburgh. And when he was asked by a good friend, Brooke Pryor, what makes this the right place? He said, it's the Steelers. So I think Steelers fans are going to like this guy just based on the personality that he brings and the fact that he has already jumped into all of the cliches and he's here for it. Absolutely. I want to talk to Jenna more about where the Steelers stand as it as it is right now at 310 p.m. on Thursday. So please excuse us if, if some of it becomes outdated. But I want to talk to her about needs and where the Steelers front office is as far as where it was when it started free agency. We'll do that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, before we do any of that, got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, the number one sports book in the country. You got to go get, get, go get FanDuel. FanDuel right now. They're an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with, M- with the NBA in full swing, getting ready for the playoffs, this is your chance, if you're a new customer, to capitalize on the no sweat first bet at FanDuel.com, where you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if you don't win on your first bet. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to how many three get made to and FanDuel lets you make player props bets that even give you more options there you can also combine 
you combine your bets to get a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet opportunity with up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. Jenna, taking a step back from the interviews and the specific moves made just on Thursday for the Steelers, letting go Miles Jack, bringing in Landon Roberts, and seeing everything that's going on there. We now see the Steelers, they've made a lot of reasonable moves. They've made a, they've made a lot of you know modest signings of players that have decent upsides, you know, veterans that are coming in and going to help in positions where maybe there was a weakness last year or there is a weakness based off of who they've let go now. And we still haven't seen a big splash from the Steelers. That feels very much like the Omar, like, like the Kevin Colbert of old, you know, there. But Omar Khan is going about things a little differently. He's been very aggressive in remaking the linebacker room. He's been, he, he's making these moves. And as I talked about on the Thursday episode, uh, the rumor that the Steelers were in the market for Orlando Brown, however, however much they were willing to put into that market, we don't know how much money they were offering or if there even was an official offer. Maybe there's another big signing coming. But Jenna, with the NFL draft still still ahead of us and still other signings that need to happen in free agency, where do you see the Steelers making the biggest splash in the offseason? It doesn't just have to be money spent in free agency, but where you think the biggest move that will kind of be – the uh, the pinnacle of what the Steelers need to do this offseason to get to next year? I think it's going to come. I know this is probably too easy of an answer here, but I think it's going to come with whichever direction they decide to go with that first-round pick. And I think it's basically going to be based on what's going to happen over the next handful of days here, if anything. If the Steelers are going to get an offensive lineman or tackle specifically within the next little while here leading up to the draft. I think that could be something that tells us a lot about how they're going to be going into this draft. And I think you feel really comfortable with a lot of your position groups going into the draft. And, you know, as the Steelers do and tend to do, pick the best available player. And I feel like if that happens, you feel like you're at a really solid place if you're Omar Khan and company. But I do, again, I feel like I've mentioned this a lot it feels so different in a little bit of a sense. And I don't want to say drastically different, but the way that Omar Khan is making moves, it feels like the Steelers are making more moves in free agency than they usually would tend to do at this point. You know, even just last year, I feel like there isn't that much discussion about all these little moves here where Omar Khan is seemingly, you know, putting together a really, really, really intriguing free agent period and free making these really, to what I think are really solid signings across the board here to make this team better without going and overspending on anybody. I, I hear you. I think that's the thing here is that the Steelers haven't overspent. They're still, they're still within their, their cap means right now. And maybe that's coming because one thing we also saw the Steelers restructured make Fitzpatrick deal to, to free up a, around $10 million there. The cutting a mile Jack freed up more money. There's more cuts that I can see coming for the Steelers. Maybe a color Witherspoon, maybe some other guys down the line there. Um, but also they have still have the chance to restructure guys like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, uh, maybe Chikuma Core for maybe Deontay Johnson, uh, those type yep. of guys. Those the, the the money's there to be had if the Steelers need it, and the question will be if they need it. But I agree with you. The first round pick, 
going in different directions here. That could be the determining factor of how people feel about this this offseason because these are all, I think, with good role players. And as we talked about before earlier in this, the, the show, I feel like that there were the Steelers were, were kind of top heavy where they had some really good starters at some at some really important positions, but then they were weak in other areas. And now they're bringing in veterans that are filling in those holes and hoping that those veterans will be better at those at those jobs that are role playing jobs where, to support the superstar players like T.J. Watt, like Mika Fitzpatrick, like Cam Hayward, uh, and and those and those types of guys. And they're hoping that some of those guys that were kind of role players last year who were learning the ropes, like Najee Harris. Uh, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, those types of guys that they can step forward and be more prominent in their roles. But you're right. They do need to, there does need to be a direction with this first round pick. That's going to set the tone for, for this, for this entire off season. And I, I think you brought up offensive tackle. I think that's certainly the, the area that they could look in. There's, there's especially three guys in the first round that if they fall to 17, I think the Steelers sprint to the podium and Peter Scaronzi from Northwestern, Paris Johnson from Ohio state and Broderick Jones from Georgia, Mike Tomlin was at Georgia's pro day watching uh, Broderick Jones, among other people, uh, you know, with, with that. And I think that, you know, Broderick Jones would be a guy, if he fell to 17, the Steelers would absolutely be content with. But I also think, like we talked about earlier, if they can get a superstar corner in a class that's supposed to be really strong at the cornerback position, it would make a lot of sense to fill that void and get that there. And then we're looking at, well, that's how this, this class went and it revamped the defense and not only got defense, good role players, but maybe good young players for the future. So as you and I have talked about before, it can make paying for the defense, not as expensive in the next couple of years. Uh, if they're able to get a guy they can rely on who can be on a rookie contract for the next four or five seasons. And, and that's going to be one of the things, obviously, as we talk about leading into the draft season, that is so crucial is getting guys at those positions that are on those rookie deals. So you're obviously not having to pay them the excess of what you'd have to pay a guy like TJ Watt, a guy like what you're potentially going to have to spend to keep Alex Highsmith. But I, I just think that first round pick is going to really set the tone because, again, if you go tackle, it's going to feel like, OK, this feels like a very complete offseason. They addressed positions of need that they needed. They got stronger in the cornerback room. They added linebacker depth. But then also on the flip side of that, I do think if you do go one of the corners, I, and we've talked about this time, but if Joey Porter Jr. is going to be there, to me that just feels like the pick the Steelers are going to make regardless of who else is available at that position. Or, or sorry, regardless of who else is available at that spot at number 17. That could be very interesting. I, I do wonder if that is the move. Joey Porter Jr., of course, a great athlete. Of course, his father and the connection to the Steelers. We know the Steelers love lineage and how important that is to them. But one thing that makes me wonder about that, because I felt I felt the same way you did there for a while. But Joey Porter Jr., if you look at his production in college, he wasn't a turnover guy. And we've just talked about how turnovers are a big emphasis right now for what they're trying to build. Will is that a deterrent? Who knows? Maybe it won't be. Maybe maybe they think you know what this guy does have ball skills. It was just the way that they were playing at Penn State. He didn't have as much of an opportunity to showcase those ball skills, and maybe they they feel that way. But I'm right with you. There there there's certain guys that they they definitely have their mind on. But as we've seen, it, it is very it is impossible to to predict consistently accurate uh, picks as far as which direction teams will go. As we've seen teams across the NFL make crazy moves that have shaken up the entire league. We'll keep you updated on all that and more things here, right here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Let me know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. 
Well, Chris, thank you for having me. As always, happy Friday. Happy March Madness, everybody. Enjoy free agency and March Madness just colliding. It's that perfect time of year. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, um, Instagram Jenna underscore Harner, and here on WPXI. Um, lots of fun stuff. Nothing too crazy by any means. Just lots of pit coverage in the tournament, penguins, pirates, all that fun stuff as things are really ramping up here as we're almost in spring. Can't believe it. Can't believe it either. Also, happy St. Patrick's Day to all those who celebrate out there yeah. as that's come along as, as as well. Jenna, thanks again for joining us. And thank you all for joining us here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. You can find this show on your favorite podcasting app, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, or you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Lockdown Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And you can find me, Chris Carter, at Carter Critiques on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find my work at the Pittsburgh post-gazette at post-gazette.com where i cover university of pittsburgh athletics i'm out here in greensboro north carolina as pitt has advanced to the round of 64 they play 3 10 p.m eastern time against iowa state we'll have a ton of coverage with myself and my partner noah hiles as we're both here in north carolina if you want to get all that coverage but if you want all your steelers talk here on locked on steelers catch us here we're back monday with more updates on the pittsburgh steelers stay tuned if there's any big moves i'll also try to get quick update videos up, up for you guys to keep you up to date with all the big moves. We'll see you right back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 